And that's a shepherd. A, a teacher coming through the lesson and get out the way. Amen. It's been a while. It's been probably, what, six months, a year? It's been a while since I actually got up and taught. I mean, I'm always teaching, but um, in this type of format, um, I come to you as the ambassador of Jesus Christ, of the reigning, reigning kingdom of God. I, um, I was sitting, I was hearing the, the psalmist, and I couldn't stop from weeping because the awareness of the kingdom of God became so real. And how you even approach the word of God. I said, Lord, I mean, that, that sounds kind of weird for me just to, but that's who I am. And I am an ambassador for the reigning kingdom of God. I come on behalf of the reigning savior. Oh, Jesus. It's how we see him, which helps us how to see who we really are in reality. Otherwise, it's always just a word and not the word. It's always just a concept of we're speaking about the word, which is the living word of God, but we're not attached to what we're saying. So I say it again. I come to you as the ambassador of the reigning kingdom of the true and living God. I come bringing the good news that's able to save your soul, to deliver you, to set you free of turmoil, emotional stress, and duress, and which the enemy has tried to hold you. I come to you with the living gospel of God. Oh, I thank you. I thank God for the, the trips that he allowed me to go on at my job because it's, it's for a professional development, but every time I also get a, a spiritual development. Because I said, why am I here in Arizona? I'm here for a conference, but why Lord God, have you permitted me to, to step into this place, Phoenix, Arizona? What is this all about? Why am I here? How do I need to pray? What do I need to see? And as I was walking the ground and, and looking at people and observing the atmosphere, I said, Lord God, I am experiencing nothing. It was a nothingness in Arizona. It was, but nothing is something because the, the nothingness had the people just going about their lives. Even the homeless people were different than the homeless people here in Virginia. And I said, look, I, look, I want to pray. 
But he wanted me to observe. Then pray. And so, all had the same appearance, appeared to be unclean. But what was a deeper introspect of looking at their minds was not the fact that they were homeless, but they were living as if they didn't exist. And this is the look. They all had the same look and movement. They took those kind of steps. A few steps forward, turned to the side, came up, went back. And I, I share that because what we think we see, we don't really see. Anything I do, I need to know why or ask God if he would permit why am I here? What do I need to do? I'm, I'm not at rest or at ease doing anything of the world and God doesn't have my, my knower on why I'm here. Why I'm talking to this person. Why I'm connecting. I'm going to jump right into the teaching. But I, I need you all to. For the first time. To be ready. To enter into eternity. I say this. And I know you said, but I have. But I'm going to get those who are thinking that you have to assess your spiritual condition. I'm going to get you to assess your spiritual being. I'm going to get you to assess your spiritual state of being. One of the most disheartening facts we face in this dispensation is that the sons of God, mankind in God, mankind with the very nature of God, are living as if they're of the world. We hear the name Jesus. And we hear he has no rivalry. Oh, my Lord. And the spirit in me that has been recreated is trying to, is trying to refrain from expressing 
my relationship that I have. Because my fellow Christians won't understand. See, it's not about black or white or Asian or how you worship. Because God didn't say that. Because your culture now is the kingdom of God. Which, require, which requires a kingdom response. He has no robbery. He, there's no one that can stand before him. There's no situation that can come against him. And you saying that you serve that God and you can maintain your response to the name of God? I come with a disheartening heart today because the dispensation we're in, we, we, we say that we're the sons and daughter of God. We say we have his nature. We say that he's in us. But we are conducting ourselves as mere men, worldly, of the world. The world has no, it's natural for them not to have a response to the gospel. The majority of Christians are living from an earthbound perspective. A fallen state, a psychological, with psychological issues, the same as the world. Responding to their circumstances from their weak and failing reasoning void of Holy Spirit driven by their mind voice or their flesh instead of the voice of their heart. The hidden man of the heart that has a built-in response to the living word. Oh, glory to God. See, there's a built-in response to those you love. Apostle Paul states this in 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 4. He says, and as for myself, brethren, I found it impossible to speak to you as God's new creation. As his spiritual children, my conversation with you has been as though you're worldlings. Mere babes in Christ. I find it almost impossible. That's how I feel a lot of times when I'm teaching. I find it almost impossible to speak eternity. We're churched. We're conditioned 
not to respond to the living word. That's another teaching. I won't do that. (laughs) The deficit condition of our spiritual growth is because we live in the domain that's governed and ruled by our natural senses. Do you all feel like I'm far away from you? I think I need to come up. Just a little bit. Just feel far away. Yeah, that's good. Thank you, man of God. <laughs> As I was saying, the deficit in our spiritual condition is because we're living from a lower nature domain, ruled by our senses still, natural senses. Sadly, I can confidently state that the majority of Christians' spirit remain uncultivated. I can say with all confidence that the majority of Christian spirit remains uncultivated, not developed. You can, look, you hear the word, you speak the word, but you can't live the word. You hear the word, you speak the word, but you can't respond to the word. Get it? You don't have a certain way that you respond. Because it's not you. You're not you. You're Christ in the earth responding to himself. And he says, yes, I am great. Yes, I am mighty. Yes, I am the overcomer. Yes, I am the breaker that can break you out of this situation. Yes, I am. Our faith is weak. Our love is weak. And our knowledge is often mixed with error. This teaching isn't for to beat you up or for you to beat up on yourself. Rather to bring you into an awareness of your state of being. Your spiritual state of being. The quality of your existence. See, we We are evaluated on our job. What's the quality of your kingdom existence? What's the purpose of this teaching? I want to educate you. I want to train you. I want to develop your spirit. But in the area I want to emphasize today is your spiritual sight. Your vision, which is inclusive of your imagination, inclusive of your faith, eternity, hope, future, time, reality, and knowing. 
This is about your spiritual sight. This is about the quality of your existence. You shouldn't live below the Zoe kind of life, the God kind of life. Let's, eva let's evaluate the quality of your existence. And our spiritual lesson, first, we must be trained on how to live as spiritual daughters and sons of God. And that starts with identifying you are spirit born of God. None of your mother and father, because you've been born again. You're still aligned with your fallen nature. Hitman, recreated. You are a recreated human spirit. That deals with your conscious, also your reason, and your feelings. Your conscious voice of spirit. Reason is the voice of your mind. Your mind reason, why not? Your mind always wants to get you to not do. Oh, come on, hear me. Your mind always wants to do what the word says not to do. Your mind has a voice that's programmed to convince you not to obey the word of God. It has a voice. It tries to reason with you like it did with Eve. <laughs> your feelings is the voice of your body. Second part of your training. God must be in the background of your conscience. So much so that he is a living force. Not just living, but a force that's causing you to live the way that he has called you to live. God wants to radically live in and through you. Not timidly. He wants to radically live in and through your life. But in order to do that, we must first become redemptive minded. Oh, you have to be a student today. See, if you stay in a redemptive mind, the undescribable awesomeness of God stays before you. All what he continues to do from the cross speak and echoes through the hall of God. Oh, Jesus. Can you imagine what to do right and good and what's best for your life? It echoes through the corridor of your spirit man. 
we can't be circumstance-minded, sickness-minded, and failure-minded. We must be redemptive-minded. And always note that the, the natural man receiving not the things of the spirit. As a new creation, we have our law. We have our own law. As the pastor said, it's love. It's the love law. We have our own law that is the umpire within our heart that commands and tells us what we should do. It is a nudging. It is a compelling persuasion. Oh, no. This law that he placed inside of us, we, we have as the new creation, you have your own law that you are supposed to be abiding by. And this law keeps you balanced. It keeps you at peace. <laughs> it keeps you from feeling anxiety and stress. This law keeps you before the mind of God. We're talking about the law of love. We must learn to live in and through our spirit. You must learn to live in and through your recreated spirit. Our spirit must be developed so much so into a robust unconscious faith. Our, your faith is supposed to be so robust <laughs> and filled with faith See, but this is why our faith is not working. You can't just believe the law of love must be forever present. Because it activates eternity that has already been placed in our heart. God has also, like I said, he has set eternity in our hearts. So what's the heart? See, we, in, in the West, we, we can't perceive eternity because our perception, our sight is so carnal that the heart is the organ heart. It is the center of your complete existence. It is your balancer. It is, the, it is the eye of the mind of the spirit that God has placed in you. See, we, we, we think about the heart. But it is what constitutes your entire being. Because you are a spirit. God says, we're talking about eternity. What's this eternity? First of all, eternity is the multiplication of visions. 
See, it's, it's time and space. See, when we think about time and space, this is above time and space and beyond. This is above and beyond time and space. Eternity. See, this is why I say you, we, we have not seen, we have not perceived eternity because the wrong law we've been operating in. There's too much I can hit on there. I'm going to back up, go to another driveway. God says, for I know the thoughts and plans I have for you, says the Lord. He said, I already have a vision. I already have a vision for your life. Put yours down. See, my vision, my plan for your life is good, and it's going to be without sorrow. See, your planning and everything that you've done thus far has been with sorrow. He said, I won't even have you be put to shame. The thoughts and plans for welfare and peace and not for evil to give you hope. And your final outcome. See, our hope been in hope. Our hope has not been in Christ Jesus. The hope that he's talking about is your hope and, and possessing the hope in Christ Jesus of that redemptive mind that reminds you of the finished works. That's why I have to be redemptive-minded. So when I have hope, it's outside of man and my abilities, but it's inside of Christ Jesus. Consider now and let's assess the condition in the state of your being, your spiritual intelligence. Let's assess that. What you're seeing tells me where you're at. What you're seeing in life should tell you where you're at. You look awesome, Greg. Oh, Eric, your beard, and you look really nice. <laughs> Glory to God. See, you actually can do that. You know, Holy Spirit talking to you, then you can, you know, you know go carnal and come back in the spirit. Out back. <laughs> see, when God, see, and God's still part of that. Because, men of God, you change your mind. <laughs> see, and it's not the beard. <laughs> It's just an outward showing of a manifestation that has happened inside of you. Oh, yeah. I love it. I love what God is doing in your life and in your wife's life. 
See it? it? See, because you know what? See, we don't realize that there, Jesus himself had a part of humanity in divinity. So look, but look, but what is always on the throne of my heart is my spirit nature. But I'm still aware of my flesh nature, my natural nature. So I can see naturally and what I spoke, but then spiritually, which overthrows and greater than what I saw naturally. Oh, come on. Consider and assess your condition of your state of being your spiritual intelligence. What you can't see, it tells me where you're not. What you can't see, it tells me where you're not. See, this is why we should realize this in our interaction with our brethren. Is that we shouldn't get upset when someone, look, can't see. This is in communication when someone get upset. And you're trying to explain or, or explain it, but they can't see. So it should show you where they're not. Don't get upset. Help them to get to where they should be. God created you to know. Behold, can you see eternity? Evangelist Cindy, God has created you to know. There's a knower placed in us that's impressed by, oppressed on by Holy Spirit that calls you to see. God has created us to have vision. But this is not the natural vision. We're talking about divine vision. Which allows you to live above your circumstance and your situation. And still remain calm. So if you have vision. We're talking about divine vision. How do you see yourself in the next few years? See, the thing about it, you probably don't because you know what? You can't perceive eternity. Look, the enemy won't even permit you to even consider to think about. He tries to hold back from you your future. Oh, so you don't do anything. You don't participate in your vision. Deuteronomy 29, 29 says, The Lord our God has secrets known to no one. We're not accountable for them. But we and our children are accountable forever for all that he has revealed to us. Wow. 
So he should be revealing to you. You and your children will be accountable. Generations after you will be accountable for what is revealed to you. So we must obey all instructions and commands. Because a revelation for you is for you and your generation. So what's divine vision? It's circumcised sight. What is divine vision? It's circumcised sight. So you can only see what God wants you to see and what you need to see. Because what he wants you to do, you don't need to see the things that will be a distraction. He, this is why he circumcises your sight. So there are no distractions. See, your past could be a distraction. Past relationship could be your distraction. Job, co-workers, whatever, a distraction. But in the middle of all of that, he can circumcise your sight. In the middle of all chaos, and the only thing that you see is what he permits and allow you to see because I don't respond to what has not been illuminated. Our natural senses are programmed for now. It's programmed to be stagnant. This is why you don't think ahead. Look, this is why we have few business owners, because we don't think ahead. It has your mind and mobilize you. Stagnant, no motion, no foresight, no insight. No faith, no strength, no boldness to go forward because I'm positioned, I'm stationed in this one place. Because of my natural senses. It, is, it gives you a stagnated reality. It tampers with your true reality. Make you think you can't get out. And make you think there is no way out. And make you think that you have to think the wrong thoughts that you've been thinking. And make you think you can't love. Because the natural reality keeps your mind in the now. Preventing you to perceive and behold eternity which is the multiplication of visions. Oh, my God. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. Vision begins with nothing. Vision begins with no thing. 
This is why we don't move forward because I don't see nothing. I don't see the thing. So I don't believe. So I believe what I see. Look, which is nothing, which is vision. We are to see things in the original state of God's design. We are to see through the lens of eternity. Because that determines our reality. It gives direction. See, this is why he stands still because, look, I have no direction. I stand still because I have no direction. This divine sight, it gives you perspective. It gives you true perspective. Focus. It gives you focus. You're able to zoom in on only the item that I need to obtain. I need men for thee. People for my life. And I need to know that you've already given me everything that pertains to life and godliness. I can do it now. <laughs> this divine vision act is the act of seeing the future by faith through imagination. This divine vision, it is the act of seeing the future by faith, but it's through imagination. What is imagination? Simplest form is to form. Frame is work. Imagination. In the beginning, God framed the world. He imagined. And on the seventh day, he rests from his work, from his imagination. From his vision. Oh, come on. In the beginning, this, this in Genesis 1 through 2. In the beginning, God prepared, he framed, he fashioned. He created the heavens and the earth. He visioned. He focused. Why did he have to rest from his works? Because if he kept imagining. See, this is like with pastor. We almost have to, because a lot of us are not ready. Because he is a visionary. If you say, I think I want to or I'm believing for, he hastened. He comes first with the vision. I see, this is why I agree. And then there is a 
a personal gym. But the trainer is not ready because he just had a thought. He couldn't see. He couldn't see. I don't have the finances. All you need is a vision. God said, I just need you to, to see. Perceive eternity. This is why we have built to worship and walk a ministry because you had to see. We have dance stars, the studio in here. For years, she was being an instructor at another studio, but her pastor, her father, had a vision. I see. I see, Denise, I see you on that Hampton Roads TV station. I, I see. You need to reach out. I see. It came to pass. She went there twice. We came here to get this building. We started out in the small area, which is the dance studio now. And this place was a call center, trash, files. It just was a mess. All the way to the ceiling. He was standing here, and I was up here. Look, I was even up higher. <laughs> I still couldn't see. I said, no. I, look, and I, I just said, I can't see. I, can't, I said, this is a mess. But then I realized I standing in the very place to where this would be the sanctuary. But we started out by the vision what God gave us. And we, look, in the beginning, oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'll get there later. I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay. Imagination. It springs from the will and the word of the all-wise creator. Imagination. It springs from the will and the word of our all-wise creator. It springs from him to you, to your inner man. God formed man in his image to be a visionary, to imagine. This is the God kind of life. His character is to create out of what you can't see. Types of vision. That kingdom vision and prophetic vision. A kingdom vision, it comes out of the cross redemption. There is no delay in the kingdom vision. The delay is removed. It's fake now. The kingdom of God is forever. That's why there is no delay. Prophetic vision. Vision is foresight into moments that shape that shape by time process. Prophetic vision is foresight into moments that shape by time's process. 
What does that mean? Time is not time. Time is just a reference point. You have to get to know your God. The words are not the words. This is why you have to hear the voice on the words. Again, prophetic vision is foresight into moments. You have a short window of time to perceive eternity. People keep saying, I hear God, I hear God. This has to be trained to hear. That nowhere to see. It has to be trained because it's a very short window because it's in those short moments of just like with everything that you're hearing today, there should be Holy Spirit will deal with you in just a few moments of what you're hearing. And he's going to highlight that. And then Holy Spirit going to impress that upon your spirit. The time, the moments that shape by time, the process is this, is the reference of time is about events, activities, circumstances in a person's existence. Time is about activities, events, circumstances, and a person's existence. Time is not time. It's existence. You don't want more time. You want more existence because out of the events and activity and circumstances, see, it's forming. And what comes out of that, that's referenced as time, is the outcome. It's about the outcome of the events and activities of your existence. Something in all the things in your life has brought you to this existence. Things in the earth fall in line because of the periods and events and existence is still shaping it. This is why God speaks about let patience have its perfect work. Patience is a force. See, it's a, see, patience is shaping through everything that you went through, daughter, huh? It's shaping, hallelujah. It's, you have to be patient. He said, be patient for those who are patient and wait on the Lord. He said, you're going to be strengthened. And you're going to experience joy, unspeakable joy. Because you waited and trusted on the Lord to shape and form all these activities, the good and the bad. That's why he says everything works out for the good for those who love the Lord. Because I have a plan for your life. And it's good and it's not of evil. And it's to bring you to an expected end. 
Y'all working me today. You're working me today. You're working. Thank God for the word. Thank God for the word. For example, we're talking about prophetic time. Now, prophetic time. You can expect a delay. Jesus couldn't come in the Old Testament. Question is why he couldn't come in the Old Testament. Because time wasn't shaped. Oh my God. Events, bloodshed, battles hadn't happened yet. Oh, it was shaping the coming of the Lord. His redemptive life was not ready to come on the scene in the Old Testament. Some look, his exist look, the, the world was not ready for his existence yet. Things had to happen, happy. Everything in your life, it, it had to happen because it's time. It needs to shape those activities and those events in your life, it, it brings it together and it's framing it to the purpose and plan according to God's purpose for your life. This is why he says, count it all joy. Huh? Oh, when you fall in temptations and testing and trial because it's working for your good. Your kid's not acting right. Oh, you get a bad report from the doctor. But I know this is part of my life because... God has permitted and allowed. It's framing for me the vision for my life. Principle of vision is the opening of your spirit's eye, it's the opening of the mind being expanded. That's the principle of vision, it's to expand your mind. Is to open your spiritual eye. Vision must be spoken, it must be written, and it must be implemented. Vision, I say it again, it must be spoken, it must be written, and it must be implemented. It only can be spoken once it's perceived, when you see it. So you speak it. Why does it have to be written? Why? It has to be written because it needs structure. Your vision needs order. God is a God of order. He says in his word, he says, to Rebecca, the prophet, he said, write the vision and, and make it plain. What? See, we don't even know what he really meant by that. First of all, what was... Why did he say that to Rebecca? Why did he say that to the prophet? Because the, the prophet was going through some things. And he kept complaining and calling back and questioning God. He said, write this down. Make what you see now plain what I'm going to tell you. He said, then run with it. It means that a vision must have 
It's just like with the fivefold. You have an apostle. That's the person that the vision is given to. You have an evangelist. That's the person that runs with the vision. That's the telemarketer. Oh, see, God, y'all making me get into something before I time. Oh, God, oh, Lord. That's what you have going on, Minister Starr, is that your, your pastor, it was in the position of the apostle. He, look, that's the person that's given the vision. Look, but it's not his. He's the apostle of the vision. Oh my God. See now you are the you would be in this sense the shepherd of the vision. Ashanti is the evangelist of the business. She she she's running with it. She's evangelizing. She's seeing what is going on with it. Oh God, I tell you. It's nothing like being married to a visionary. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He's shopping a person who's a visionary. You're either going to get along with him very well or not. He calls me to my sight to, to be even more shopping. I see through how he sees. That caused me to see. Or want me to see more. Implement the vision. It means that I must not only participate in the vision, I must commit to the vision. Important of having vision. What vision does? It projects your purpose. That's why we don't know our purpose. We have no vision for our life. It projects your purpose. It's the means to grow you spiritually. It empowers you. It brings, listen to this closely, it brings transformation and it breaks conformity. It brings transformation and it breaks conformity. Vision transforms you. It changes you first when you see the vision. Nothing new comes in your life when you have a vision. It can't come before you being changed. To commit to the vision. It determines how you make decisions. Those who are not good decision makers is because you have no vision. It determines how you make decisions. Vision doesn't decide destiny. Your decision decides destiny. It's what I choose to do with what I see. man of God, you may not be reading <laughs> much today. I'm going to get through here and I'm going to end in about 15 minutes because I need the people when, when, you, when, I, when your, your body gets tired as a 
communicator and as a teacher, um, I, in my class, when the people leave. So uh, you have 50 more minutes, so try to stay with me. Revelation 4 really talks about, and what it's all about is vision. I want to extract the principle of vision through revelation. I'm not going to read through the whole thing, but most of us who have read it before, it talks about the vision that John has. And he says, and after this, I look. Keep in mind, there's so many other different things going on here, but I'm only extracting vision. Okay, the principle of vision. After this, I look. First thing you got to do is look. Meaning you have to seek. You want to see. And behold, I saw a door standing open. That's good to me. What that means is I saw opportunity. And the first voice which I had heard, remind you, remember the voice of eternity, the voice of your mind, and the voice of your feelings. He said, and the first voice which I had heard addressing me, like the calling of a war trumpet. Having perceived eternity. <laughs> he said, it's, it, it called me like a war trumpet. When eternity speak, it is just like, because it's, it sounds off an alarm to your spirit man. And it said, come up here. Come up here. What does that mean? He said, come above and beyond the horizon. Come above and beyond your reality. Come up here. Come beyond your earth sense reasoning. Come above and beyond. What does that feel like? He said, and I will show you what must take place, place in the future. Trumpets were vital to the people in the Old Testament. It was a call for the assembly. It was a call to move the camp. It was a call to move the troops to battle. It was a claim of victory, and it was announced a warning. He said, come up. Come up here. He said, come up where it hasn't happened yet. To you, it hasn't happened yet. Come up to where it hasn't happened yet. 
And John said, and immediately I was in the spirit. He said, immediately I was in a vivid reality. And through a vision, it conveys prophetic realities to your spirit. He said, immediately, I was in another reality, my true reality. And he conveyed to me what hadn't happened yet. John's position was changed. He, learned, he left earth scene for the heavenly scene. His position had changed. He said that once I came under the Holy Spirit, at once I came under the power of Holy Spirit. And behold, I saw a throne. I saw an eternal government and ruling. That stood in heaven. And that one that was seated on the throne. And it speaks about. And he who sat there. Appeared like. It goes on to explain all the. The gems. And how beautiful they were. But. It was the illuminating light. Insight. Insight of this heavenly government. I know now there's a different rule that governs me. There's a different power that governs me. I don't have to live or feel like this. There's a different power. Holy Spirit has put me under his power and I'm governed by it it goes on to speak about the four creatures around the center of the throne the heart center of existence why four Past, present, future, now. Again, I am extracting the principal vision out of it. And it said, all four of the living creatures, the beings, who were full of eyes in the front and the back and within, God is all-knowing and all-seeing. <clears throat> He's everywhere at the same time. And these creatures had the main characteristics about these creatures were their eyes were in the front, the back, and within. Seeing the future the past, and the present, which is now.
pastor must a pastor must has a have a vision for the ministry. A lot of pastors don't have a vision. You can't have your personal vision without being aligned to the house vision. The house vision is that we build a foundation of truth through the spirit of revelation. That's our mission statement. Building truth through the foundation of the spirit of revelation. Vision. The unveiling of what is hidden to the natural. We are building a foundation of truth on your true design and how God has created you. Our job is to teach you who you really are. By building the truth of found, the foundation of truth through the spirit of revelation. Your spirit, recreated spirit, with the Holy Spirit that will press upon your spirit who he has created you to be, the original you, not your past, not even your future. But what is your existence? He's calling you. He, he's calling you, Tiffany, to your existence. He's calling you up to your existence, man of God. He's calling you up to how he has originally designed you. He never see you happy in your state. That's not how he designed you. He can't see that because that's not how he designed you. Got me working so hard. <laughs> a few minutes in here. God. Wow. God deals with us. Or he communicates with us at the level we trust him. God deals with you at the level that you trust him. What are you putting into your vision? What are you putting into your vision? What are you doing with your existence? The house vision is a global vision. You must commit to the house vision. This is why, this is why the word of God says, I've given you pastors after my own heart. Because after my heart, I have a plan for you. It's good. It's not evil. And I, I have, God says, he says, I have an expected end for you. 
But I've given you an I've given you an, a pastor after my own heart that would feed you. I've given you an oracle that would feed you knowledge and revelation. You can have a vision. You can, but it be a career. It won't be kingdom. God won't recognize it. You can have a vision, but outside of it being aligned to a shepherd, which is the house, because God gives a global vision. And your personal vision grows and develops from the global vision. This is why people don't participate or buy into or sow into a global vision. It's because they have their own vision void of God's global vision. This is why we still can't or no purpose because we have division. You have a vision within the global vision. That's not aligned to the vision of the house. The vision of the house perfects you so that you can see your vision clear. Just to give you an example, 2 Kings 6.17, Elijah and his servants, we know that he was surrounded by the Assyrians. And so the father, I'm just giving to you, the father had to pray for him so that he could see. Because he was seeing with his natural eyes. This is a reason, again, why you need a shepherd. Not that you can't look. Not that, hey, I can't, I can hear from God. <laughs> Marion said that too, didn't she? <laughs> yeah, you can hear from God through your daily reading, devotion. You have, okay, how I should live, what I should do. But then we're not even doing that, so how are you really hearing from God? The way that you would hear is not for the instructions from your life. You won't hear for the instructions because vision comes from the visionary, which is your shepherd. He, it's just like a child trying to parent him or herself. We have seen that. And we've seen that fail. I mean, it's just crash and burn. It is. Because, guess what? Can't you see better than your children, John, for their lives? See, this is the thing, Chris, that we, 
get offended. What do you mean I can't hear from God? Yes, you can hear. But look, you can't hear or see from my perspective for your life. I know when you, look, you know when your child is sick. You know when something's going on. What, you know, just not right. Wait a minute. Just, and they keep telling you, oh, nothing's wrong. And sometimes they don't, they don't know that they hit a place that's not good mentally. Or who they should be around. But you see, but they rebel against you. Do they not? <laughs> do they not? <laughs> I felt like an Englishman, do they not? <laughs> anyway, okay. But I, I want you all to know that, that the father had to pray for the servant so that he could see. Because guess what? He could see, but he saw naturally. He said, oh, they're encamped around about us. Do you know, they, they, you know basically, you know, we're, we're going to die. It's pray for them. Fear not. Perceive that there are more with us than against us. Look again. Hey, look, he saw the chariots of fire surround around Elijah. <laughs> what you see changes your outcome. That changes your servant's outcome. When something doesn't change, think about this. Then change your mind towards the circumstance or person. When something doesn't change, then you change your mind towards the thing, circumstance, or person. Vision, it determines, I don't care what you do, it determines my outcome, but only because it changes me first. Really quick, components of vision. Y'all know had principles, now these are the components. Faith, knowing, and seeing in future. I'm just telling you something about future really quick without going into real scientific data. Is that future has been scientifically proven to be up. Okay? Knowing and seeing is understanding, comprehending the will of God, which is expressed by Holy Spirit to the responsive heart that spirit ruled. Your heart should be responsive to the word because it's spirit rule. And through that, your obedience in receiving and then applying the living word. Faith. Faith is not blind. Faith sees just like you see naturally. But it sees the invisible. It sees a thing before it happens. It's proof of an unseen is clearly seen. Faith itself is the proof of the unseen is clearly seen. This is what we don't connect. We'll talk about that later. Wow. Faith is not blind. Second Corinthians 5, 7 says, real faith is when we trust in what we see by the Spirit. 
spiritual sight. What do we mean when we are talking about spiritual sight? We're not just talking about our mind, but we're talking about imagination, which is a part of our spiritual sight. You need to really start using your imagination. Amen? Amen. Say, I'm going to start using my imagination. Here, when we see something in the natural, it is a result of light shining on an object. Correct? Our eyes see the reflective light, and it sends a signal to the brain. Our brain can interpret the signal, and then it produces a knowing. This is natural. It produces a knowing. It produces perception in our conscience, and we become aware of something. It works just like that. It's spiritual. <laughs> the greater the amount of light the more we are able to tell about the object we're seeing. The more intimate you are with God, the more... Okay. The impression of knowing we get from perceiving is quite compelling. Though we may acknowledge the possibility that our eyes can be, see, can be deceived. We generally hold fast to the idea that seeing is believing, that is deceiving. <laughs> now, <laughs> Photoshop, Pastor said. Now, let's look at your spiritual sight. Spiritual things are not perceived by the natural man with his natural sight. We know that. My question is why haven't you been seeing spiritually? <laughs> let's leave that on the table. But we compare revelation of spiritual perception to the act of seeing because of their similarities and because the result of the two are the same. Natural man is in darkness regarding spiritual things. That is, he can't perceive them unaided, without assistance. Without light, we can't, we can't directly perceive God or his kingdom. Though we have the testimony, we speak about it. When Holy Spirit comes bearing his influence on the soul of man, it has the same effect as the light does upon the natural eye. When Holy Spirit comes bearing, bearing, pressing upon, it has the same effect as the natural light does on your eye. And he sends a signal to your inner man and your inner man then respond as perceived as faith, as the evidence of the things not seen. <laughs> but it's the substance. Initially, I didn't see it, but it's the evidence of the substance of things not seen. Holy Spirit bears upon you the reality of the unseen that is evident that this is the thing. <laughs> Working y'all over too, huh? <laughs> result, the result of a man receiving the light of the spirit is perception. 
and he becomes absolutely convinced of the truth of the object. He saw as if he had seen it with his natural eyes. Not all light is good because we know that the enemy, he appear and come as angel of light. We must come to a place in our new birth, being born of God. Ministers, you can come up. Is that we need to begin to exercise the ability to perceive eternity, divine vision. Stop listening to the voice of your body. Stop listening to the voice of your feelings. Listen to the voice of your conscience, your recreated human spirit, that innermost part of the center of your existence. Assess your existence. Where do you see yourself? Project your purpose through the vision of the word of God. I really can't express the the disheartening, this is a real thing for me as a teacher, is that what is my greatest passion is my, my greatest affliction. Is that every time I come to teach that I find it impossible to, to talk with those who say that they're believers. Because the things of the spirit, they don't recognize or respond as if their heart is spirit rule. And I know God is not pleased with that. He's not pleased with the routine Christian who come to stand and may lift their hand and may say a Bible verse, but don't have the foresight and perception of living in eternity. We have to get to the original you, your true existence as to why God has this plan for you. 